Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to a workshop that I am hosting the first week of June. This workshop is going to focus entirely on digital marketing. And the goal of this workshop is to help you bust through the confusion and overwhelm so that you can conquer digital marketing and grow your flower business. I am going to share with you in this workshop my step-by-step framework for leveraging digital marketing as a florist, and you will walk away with a personalized blueprint, clear action plan so that you know exactly where to focus your time, effort, and energy. And we're going to dive into understanding the most efficient and effective advertising platforms for you to market your business, how to leverage social media, and exactly where to prioritize your spending so that you can get your business in front of your dream customers. This workshop is being hosted online. Yes, if you can't join me live, there will be a video replay so that you can play catch up in your own time. I will leave the link to sign up to this workshop in the show notes so that you can grab your spot today. And then you get to join me on Zoom and we get to workshop your digital marketing plan and you get to make the most of the rest of 2024. So I would love to see you there. And I am so incredibly excited to host this workshop, share my process with you and make sure that you are crystal clear on exactly what to do to get found by those dream customers. So visit the link in the show notes, grab your spot today, and I will see you at the workshop. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Well, hello. It is Friday something of January, the 4th of January, and I thought I would just spend a little bit of time nattering on in your ears and reflecting upon what worked for us in 2018 and what didn't really work for us in 2018 or what we think we're going to evolve for 2019. And instead of doing a few notes beforehand, like I normally would, I'm going to try something a little bit different and be a little bit more off the cuff. So I am going to go in and open up our Google Calendar. And before I jump in, how are you guys today? Everybody excited? Everybody excited for 2019? Really hoping so. I really feel like this year could be a good year. This could be our year in making all the good things happen and stepping outside your comfort zone and yeah, just going for it, guys. Just absolutely going for it and not necessarily knowing what the final destination is, but really enjoying the process of getting there and figuring it out as we go. So I am doing this exercise today on the recommendation of Jenna Kutcher, and she is a young female entrepreneur who I follow online, and I listen to her podcasts, and I've taken 
one of her courses, and I think she is just an incredible human being who is spending a lot of time and energy showing other women what is possible. So if you're interested at all in authenticity and female empowerment and body image and self-respect and starting your own business, she's an amazing entrepreneur who you can find at jennacutcher.com. Her podcast is called Gold Digger. And that's goal, G-L-O-A, G-O-A-L, <laughs> goal digger, not gold digger, uh, goal digger. Anyway, um, she did this recently and strongly encouraged her listenership to do the same thing. So I am. And I bet by the time we're done this that I will strongly recommend that you do it as well. You don't necessarily need to record it and share it with the world. But I think it would be worth spending 30 minutes, maybe even an hour, going back, looking in your calendar, flip back to January 2018 and just reflect on what worked and what didn't and remember just how much you actually accomplished in 12 months. And I think we get so wrapped up in wanting to push for the new goal and change everything and go, 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 that we just, you know, we stop to forget, I should say we forget to stop and think back and look and reflect on everything that we've done. So here we go, January 2018. And I look at my calendar and I see that it's very busy. And anyway, that's a thing. So I'll talk about that in a minute. But one of the things that jumps out at me is the first um, really positive thing I think of 2018 was I booked in a doctor's appointment with a natural medicine man. And that sounds way creepier than he is. He's actually a fairly regular family doctor, but he skews much more towards multifaceted treatments. And I have been going on a bit of a health journey, probably most of my life, but um, particularly in the last 24 to 18 months and experimenting with food, allergies, and just trying to understand why I feel so tired all the time. So a friend of mine who's a nutritionist recommended that I go visit him, and I did, and he took me through 60 minutes of some very personal questions, but one of the things that he did for me was tell me to go get blood tests, and we're going to test you for these 27 different things. And so I came back from those blood tests, and he gave me some very um, good results and things, I think... I've been dealing with for a very long time and had no idea about. So the one of the reasons that my energy was so low, which most people probably know about, is that my iron was really low. But more important than that was that my zinc was kind of like off the charts, like off the page low. Um, and one of the things that I also found out is that I carry the MTHFR genetic mutation. I'm not going to lie. I don't totally understand what it means. I know that every time I go to the Google, I see bad things. So I live in my bubble of not spending too much time Googling. But two or three of the main things I know that affect me is that it affects how my body translates some nutrients and cells into energy. So it's a fairly common genetic mutation. I think one in 12 people have it. And but it's something that it does is it's it's indicative of people who are very low in energy because your body doesn't actually methylate. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't methylate things the way that other bodies do. 
So that's a thing. Um, and so taking regular vitamin B is not an option because your body doesn't actually translate that into energy. So he gave me a special version of vitamin B, which was amazing. I also had an injection, like by a nurse, injection of iron, um, which was crazy. And I have become much more mindful of how much food and how much lack of sleep affect me. So um, I guess the third thing that I found out is that three or four. The third thing is very low on vitamin D, which might be a little bit ironic for living in Australia and how much sunshine we get. However, I think part of it is we are very sun smart in Australia. And for your body to actually ingest vitamin D, your skin has to be exposed to the sun. So I burn very easily, very Irish skin. So I tend to not sit in the direct sun very often. Um, but I did start taking vitamin D supplements and that has worked a treat as well. So lesson number one from 2018 is if you feel like something's not right with you, find a medical professional who can help you uncover what it's all about. And there are so many different ways to go about that. I'm not even going to get into the hows and what's and whys. Just trust yourself and know that if you don't feel amazing, there's a reason. And there's probably some scientific reason around it. And that's super duper. So guys, spend the time and the energy on yourself and figuring out why you don't feel shit hot. Um, I then look back at January and I see how many wedding in-person, face-to-face wedding consultations I had booked in. And I think of where we've come 12 months later. And that's something that wasn't really working for me at the beginning of the year. And we changed that process. So I used to accept um, phone calls, but more pushing people into face-to-face consultations before we had even provided them with a quote. And with the volume of weddings that we were doing and the type of people who were, I guess, being attracted to both the retail brand and then our Little Bird Bloom online wedding and events brand, it was a bit out of control. And I do, and we're still very mindful of the fact that it felt like a giant waste of time meeting with these people and then providing a quote and doing a mood board and going through all this work and then never hearing from them again. So we, um, for the last year and a half, I had my good friend Bronte helping us kind of behind the scenes in doing a lot of those quotes and mood boards. And that was incredibly helpful. Um, but just basically having to be on somebody else's schedule in terms of doing face-to-face consultations and not knowing if anything was going to come out of it is something that we changed. So that was Room for improvement, number one for 2018. And then I look at, you know, some of these weddings that we did in January. And one that really sticks out to me for weird reasons is a wedding that we did at the end of January. And the bride was what I would consider fairly high maintenance. But I think part of it in looking back is that she was really uncertain as to what she wanted because she was listening to all the people around here, around her, I should say, but also kind of really enjoyed the whole process and really wanted to be prescriptive around what, you know, what rose would be in the buttonhole and what flowers would be in her bouquet and how big her bouquet was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There were elements that she just didn't 
really care about, but some things that she really did care about. She was super open to hearing our feedback. And I think there's a wedding that we did in 2017, one of our last weddings in 2017, where I was smacked upside the head in terms of the importance of managing client expectations and being overly educational in terms of what you can and cannot afford for your money and the impact that that will and will not create for you. So I took all that on board, stepped back into my advertising client service mentality and went, I am going to win this bride over. This is going to be a phenomenal way to kick off 2018. And we fucking smashed it. She was so ecstatic. And I just, I don't know, that was a huge lesson for us from 2017 to 2018 is managing your bride's expectations from the moment that they engage with you. And one of my mentors told me early on, I shouldn't say early on, I learned in March of this year, this is what she told me, (laughs) that there are actually huge opportunities for education and know-how to pass on to your couples. And it's not about getting frustrated that they actually don't know what they should and should not do or how to engage with you. But instead, it's an opportunity for you to demonstrate and to tell them how you want to engage with them. And so flip it all in its head. It, guys, it's not about getting frustrated. It's purely about an opportunity to say, oh, this is how we work. If you want to work with us, this is how we work. And walk them through the program. Program. Give them a diagram, talk them through it at the beginning, kind of set the tone early on to say, this is what you can expect for your budget. These are the things you can and cannot control. This is how we operate and set the tone. You know, it's your business. You can dictate to them how you want to operate and go for it. There is no right or wrong. And don't forget, you can always change it. But just this mentality around getting frustrated with brides because all they do is look at Pinterest and think that everything comes out of a machine, which we all know is not true, which we all know is incredibly frustrating, but it's actually an opportunity to turn around and say, so excited that you want to work with us. Here's how we operate because they don't know. And it's amazing. And that's me reflecting on January. So, and that's one month. Wow. Um, The other thing that we did on a personal level this year is we renovated our kitchen. So we live in a house that was built in 1986. There is still wallpaper up all over the place. It is a disaster most of the time and exposed concrete floors and all the things. But um, we finally decided that this year was the year that we were going to finally rip out the old 1986 kitchen. And partly because the cupboard doors were actually starting to fall off. So maybe, you know, just a good sign <laughs> that happens that it's time to actually replace these things and that we are worth it. And so one of the books that a friend of mine recommended is The Barefoot Investor. And I live and breathe my personal finances by that book. It's an Australian book and I know it 100% could translate into Canada. I think in terms of managing your retirement and different funds and putting money aside for your life 40 years from now, it might be a bit different in the UK and in America, but if you can grab a copy of it, the principles of how he walks you through managing your personal finances and saving for large scale projects and dreams is phenomenal. And I think I might even just spend a bit of time on a separate episode talking about personal finances and goal setting um, because I'm a huge advocate of setting 
financial goals for yourself personally and then enabling your business to deliver on those goals and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that but personal finances guys take control of them be aware of where all your money is and how much money you have and possibly in the near future I will talk about personal finances a bit more but um, barefoot investor he is amazing so we saved up all of our money beforehand um, to do the renovation on our kitchen and that's how we live our life pretty much is we don't have any credit cards anymore and so we you know kind of force ourselves to save money so that we can then have the experience that we want to experience and I think there's still work for me to do around my relationship with money and finances but that's um me rambling in a giant circle. So we renovated our kitchen, which is a giant inconvenience because I cook almost three meals a day and I think the oven is my favorite appliance. Um, so for a while we were cooking out of our laundry room, we were making coffee on the cooktop outside, we had a frying pan and it was all super awkward, but we got through and it's done and it's ready and it's beautiful. And it's great. So that's all really exciting. Um, also put in some really fancy hardwood that's Australian grey gum. And it's beautiful. Beautiful. So that was... I think we started that... Yeah, we, did, we actually didn't start that until March, April-ish. So in February, our life revolves around Valentine's Day and getting through Valentine's Day. And one of the things that we have learned and tested and tried and I feel we've finally gotten a handle on is make a plan, execute your plan, and then reflect on your plan. And I know it sounds really simple, but when we first took the shop on, we had no idea. Nobody had ever written down, and I'm not sure anybody had ever asked, how many roses do you go through at Valentine's Day? Now I can tell you it's 2,000. And I don't want to get any more. I'm happy to get less. And we just build our sales targets around 2,000 roses. And so we've taken, this will be our fourth Valentine's Day coming up. Is that right? Maybe fifth? Fourth Valentine's Day. And so it's probably took us three years to learn that process, which we now implement at Mother's Day and Christmas. So we set the sales target. And then we work back into figuring out how many, you know, pre-mates we're going to have, how many deliveries are we going to do in the car on the day, how many walkies are we going to do, and figure out our staffing, working back from that, figuring out which days we're going to get what product in from the market, and we just stick to the plan, have a good script for apologizing to customers, and know that come the morning of the 14th of February, some guy's going to call and say, I want a delivery, and we're going to say, sorry, but... I don't know, it's an interesting mindset around not wanting to be, not feeling like you have to chase after every single sale that's out there, is just set a sales target for yourself. And if you're by yourself and you want to do a pop-up for a day, go for it and just set your sales target and celebrate when you sell out of flowers. Because guys, it's an amazing story to have, amazing story to have. And don't feel bad that you think you should have bought more, but nobody's ever told you this before. You have no idea, you know, how much product you can sell in a day you're trying to predict the future and so you just need to manage client expectations stick to a target and run with it and then put your feet up and hope that you're home by six o'clock that night and not completely exhausted because it's not worth it it is so not worth it and we used to bust our balls those first two years probably 
trying to please all the people all the time. And I think part of my personal growth and health journey in the last two years is that nobody's red roses are more important than me, to me. So that's fine. And we own this business and we can do whatever we want to do. So there you go. That's my blah, 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 blah around Valentine's Day. And then I continue on looking in my calendar through February and then into March. And in March, I think it was March, yes, I went and participated in a two-day workshop with Nicolette from the Little Flower School of Brooklyn and Jardine, who doesn't even need the last name because her name's Jardine. And so I went up to Sydney for two days and did that, and it was phenomenal. So Nicolette was the one who taught me that the idea of your client's lack of knowledge and experience is actually a major opportunity for you. So you can educate and tell them how you want them to behave. (laughs) And one of my favorite, I guess, bits of advice from Jardine that she taught me a few years ago, actually, was that if you select beautiful product, you can't go wrong. So your ingredients are everything in terms of your wedding and event design and in terms of what you bring into your shop. That if you bring in low-cost product, it's going to look low-cost. If you bring in premium product, it's going to look premium. If you have a unique aesthetic aesthetic of mixing natives and traditional English cottage flowers, then it might just reflect who you are and it's going to be your signature style. So just another bombardment of information for you. Um, And then we get into April and something that we've started to do and aren't very good at sticking with, but I always in our calendar will book out the Easter weekend and say, don't book any weddings this weekend because it pretty much turns into one of the few breaks that we actually get over the course of the year. So feel free to do that on any weekend, guys. Feel free to just say, you know what, don't book any weddings this weekend and stick to it because there are so many weddings out there and I am horrible at following my own advice, but there are so many weddings out there. You will earn enough money and it will be okay. And so then in April, I flew back to Canada to visit my family and a friend of mine had given me a little bit of advice to say, hey, instead of taking the direct 15-hour flight from Sydney to Vancouver, stop in Hawaii and give yourself a little bit of a reprieve. Best advice ever, because <laughs> who doesn't love Hawaii? And price was exactly the same, including my accommodation. So I flew from Sydney to Honolulu, stayed in Honolulu for 24 hours, then flew to Vancouver. Um, on the way back, I only stayed for, I think it was like 12 hours or something, and then flew to Sydney. So This year, when I go back, I would really like to stay for multiple days, give myself a bit more of a break, because I think Hawaii is one of my happy places. In fact, I know Hawaii is one of my happy places, so just to really recharge, and I do love traveling by myself. So I go back and see my family once a year, and I go on my own, and Sloan goes back um, to see his family once a year, and he goes on his own, and it just is the way that we operate, and we love our life, and it's just way easier for us to do it that way. So, and then in April, one of my lessons, I'm looking at one of my bride's names. And one of the lessons is, if you don't think the bride feels right, get out of it quickly. (laughs) So we had a bride who, it wasn't a big wedding, but it was just a pain in my ass. And a really hard one. She was really unengaged, hadn't paid a deposit, should have said sorry, can't do it, but didn't. 
So lesson learned from that experience. If it doesn't feel right, say no. Just say no. Nuh-uh. Mm-mm. No, thank you. And move on to the next thing. Find them a solution, but get out of it as quickly as you can. And then where are we? So, oh, May. Mother's Day and May. Um, the first weekend in May, we actually did two back-to-back weddings, which were probably some of my favorite weddings of 2018. I think I probably did 10 weddings, which I'm going to say are my favorite weddings of 2018. But that gives me, I guess, the observation and learning to realize we're finally getting into a space where we're attracting the brides that I want to work with, in the budgets that we want to work with, in the style that we want to work with. And in one of these cases, I had never met the woman. And I showed up on the day and I was like, oh, hey, I'm here to deliver your flowers. And I was like, which one are you? And it was a it was a big wedding and it was beautiful. And then on the next day, we did a second massive wedding. And both were just amazing. So that's exciting. I mean, it's taken us five years to get there and we're going to spend even more time in 2019 really refining and looking at who we want to be working with and attracting the right kind of couple. Um, But those were just really exciting things. So yay us. Mother's Day. So again, this is another one. And for us, Mother's Day goes on for I think four days of kind of orders and deliveries, way more epic than Valentine's Day is. But finally, again, figured out a bit of a plan and we dictate to the customers how it works. So we take a limited number of deliveries each day. We, um, I'll go to the market twice in that week and fill the van up as physically full as we possibly can. We charge a premium for delivery on the actual Sunday, Mother's Day. And when we sell the flowers, we sell the flowers. And again, it's create a plan, stick to your plan, reflect on your plan. It's a recurring theme here, don't you think? Um, And the other thing is we took a wedding on on that weekend. And again, not a great idea. (laughs) I'm a person who thinks I can do all the things, all the things on my own. And I can do a lot. I can do a huge amount, a huge, huge, huge amount. But this was also a really big wedding. And I did, I think, all of it by myself and did Mother's Day. Again, mm-mm. no thank you, but I wonder if I'll actually learn that lesson in 2019, so that's exciting. And then the end of May and beginning of June, so we made the decision in early 2018 to move our retail business, and that was a big fucking deal, big deal. So the shop has been open for 32 years, probably 33 years. It has been in the same location for 33 years. And so we made the decision, the lease was coming up for renewal, and we made the decision to actually move it to a different outdoor shopping arcade. And it went went incredibly well. It was incredibly seamless other than our internet and telephone, but that's just to be expected in this country. Everybody will roll their eyes because they'll know, oh yeah, don't know why you would expect your telephone and internet to actually work. If you move into a new shop for, I don't know, four, six, eight weeks, but it's fine. We found some solutions. Um, But yeah, we, so we moved in, we moved out of one shopping area and essentially moved behind where the old shop was into a beautiful space that's twice as big with some natural light. And it's been a great, it was a great decision. Absolutely great decision. Um, but we spent a huge amount of time 
managing and weighing up the risks of doing that because we live in a town with some very traditional customers and change is bad. I think humans are against change anyway, but moving a flower shop, it was like it was some sort of major crisis. But I think we've kind of maybe, knock on wood, gotten through um, the tidal wave of that change. And the biggest thing that I think has come out of it is that another florist has opened up in the shopping area where we were before. So there is now officially competition in our little town, but I actually think that that's been very good for us um, and really forced Sloan and I to focus on what it is we want to be spending our time with, how much money is enough money, how much sales is enough sales, etc, etc, etc. So um, previously it was, I think there was four florists serving our little network of villages and now there's five and that's all good, all good. So I might have a different episode talking about competition and why I think it's actually a good thing but that was most of our focus for the end of June and I am thinking back now I remember saying out loud many times don't try and do Mother's Day funeral work weddings move a shop and renovate your kitchen at the same time because that's just bad <laughs> it's bad oh and maybe plan a trip to Canada right before you do all that not nah, so maybe for 2019 so as we move into June, July, and August, we still have weddings over the winter months, um, but the shop becomes a little bit quieter, and so we can take a little bit more time to rest and recover, and, or if you're me, you'll spend a bit more time thinking about what you're going to change and evolve and do next and experiment with. And so I look at June, July, August... Did some beautiful wedding work. Beautiful, beautiful wedding work. So, yes, and it wasn't until the 7th of August that our floors got finished in the house. So that was a long time. Wow. And one of the other things that we actually did in 2018 was launched a series of flower workshops aimed at kind of the hobbyist. So people who love flowers but want to learn the basics of flower crowns, arrangements, Um, wedding work, that kind of thing. So we did quite a few of those over the course of the year. Um, And upon reflection, it was a great thing to do because we thought, you know, it was something I knew I wanted to get into teaching and education. And so thought, okay, well, this is great. We now have the space in our own shop to be able to actually do the workshops in the shop itself. So that was great. Um, But by the end of the year, I realized that teaching hobbyists isn't really my thing. I am so passionate about the business of flowers and educating and empowering women in particular about business and taking control of their business that 2019 is shifting much more towards training and education for florists. So um, we aren't proactively offering any workshops in the first part of 2019 um, simply because we don't want to. And so we still will take on Henton's weekends flower crown workshops for inquiries that happen um, because they're pretty fun to do and easy to execute from our point of view but we just aren't going to be putting any actual workshops in the calendar for hobbyists instead 
focusing much more on you guys and on florists and people who want to get into the floral design industry and people who have an interest in business. And that's, I don't know, really exciting. It's really exciting to say we tried something and realized it just didn't feel right. It doesn't, you know, I don't feel good in that and I want to change my outfit. So we're just not going to do it next year. I don't know. It's pretty amazing when you own a business and you can say, yeah, we tried it. Mm, No, thank you. Don't want to do that again. And as we move into spring, so September, October, November, we, what did we do? More weddings, wedding, 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 wedding. Sloan went back to Canada for, oh no, that's a lie. Sloan's dad came down to Australia with Sloan's sister and Sloan's dad is 83. How amazing is that? Amazing to fly from Toronto to Australia and you're 83 years old because he was going to his 65th high school reunion. I can't even imagine what it's like to be 83 years old, let alone fly halfway around the world. So that was pretty amazing. It was fun to have them with us. And so Sloan was off traveling and seeing family that he actually does have in Australia and spending lots of time with his family and his sister. And I don't know, it was really nice to be able to facilitate that for him because I don't think his dad will come down anytime soon. And anyway, so that was about three weeks of... September that all that was happening with some pretty big weddings on and probably yeah taking on too much that seems to be a recurring theme for 2018 (laughs) and maybe for my life but that's okay um what else are we looking at here so I would say I probably have two more observations around 2018 and one is what I think has been the highlight of my life which is a bit dramatic to say but true and I don't think I should sound so hesitant when I say that the highlight of my life or a hundred percent the right thing at the right time and so I went up to Byron Bay and spent five days with the beautiful Katie Davis from Ponderosa and Time and I still get chills thinking about that experience and those women that I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by and lived in a house with for four days and One of the decisions I made before I went up there was I want to show up as the person I want to be. And I am an extreme introvert. If I could, I would just sit in the corner and I'm happy to spend as much time with myself as I want. Don't love small talk. Really think it's a giant waste of time. Don't really care. But I love connecting with other humans who align with my soul. And I found so many of them up at Byron in our fancy house that we rented. There was probably 20 of us staying in there. And I don't know, I think one of the things is that Katie is a soul that has been on such a journey and she wants to empower other human beings to find their own soul and their own version of being a creative and find their voice and is happy to hand out permission And she's a major reason why I'm here right now doing this. So just experimenting and just figuring out what's next. You know, if, you know, business is my craft, then how do I share this craft and creativity with other people who want to hear about it? So that was a week of my life in November and it was phenomenal. And I still carry that with me. And I think it's been almost two months, two months since that experience. And I hope that I never forget about it. And then the other thing I would say, I think I said only two things, but it might be an additional two things in addition to my last one thing, 
is staffing. So in the spring of 2018, we sat down with our accountant, who is one of my favorite humans on planet Earth. And I love sitting down with him and having what I refer to as adult conversations about our business. And he had a very rational conversation with us to say, you know what, instead of making emotional decisions about this shop, what about thinking about it a little bit differently, trying to bring on a manager who can help you manage the staff, manage the customers, manage the process. And so we found an amazing woman who has come in and shaken things up in a very good way. I think really making Sloan and I reflect upon what the business is about, what we're trying to accomplish, what we're doing with the staffing, how can we simplify things, does it need to be this complicated, why are we trying to do all the things, and I think when you bring an outsider in, and she knows, you know, she's a huge flower lover, amazing gardener, um, and she is a beautiful people manager, and that is her thing, and that is what she is put on this earth to do. And I think when you bring somebody in whose forte is that skill set and you look at how she engages with the staff and she looks at the questions that she asks us and you go, man, that was a good decision. So we are trying to step away a little bit more from the day-to-day operations of that retail shop, find the right mix of um, staff to man that shop. More importantly, though, simplify everything that that shop has to offer and how it's managed and kind of stripping away some of the complexity that we brought in because we probably thought we should. So there is definite value in, I think we have tried so many different iterations of staffing in that shop. um, And I finally feel like maybe we've landed on something that will work for a little bit longer period than six months because she's been with us maybe for three already. And it's been a great contribution to our team. And the other kind of major change that we've made is that we've brought on board a full-time manager for all of our weddings and events. So somebody who I actually went to flower school with, and she has run her own business for three and a half, four years. Um, She's just recently had a little baby bub, and she has moved up from the big city. And so we have kind of created this role just for her, and I think... I don't know, I get really excited when I think about having somebody who's managing the retail side of the business and somebody who's managing the wedding side of the business and happy to have people who think our way. And one of the things that Katie Davis talked a lot about at the Ponderous and Time Workshop was the people that you surround yourself with. And because Sloan and I live on the other side of the world and our families are back in Canada, and my closest Australian friends all live in different cities, that I have realized that the people who are in our business, our our family, and the people that we work with every day need to really align with our values and understand our philosophy and our approach to running this business. And Sloan and I have opted to not have children, but this business is my child. And I love it. And the best bit is, if we don't like something, we get to change it. And so we are constantly, and by constantly, I mean constantly, (laughs) evolving, testing, trying new things out. And whether that's on a daily basis or a weekly basis, 
or monthly basis, but more likely a weekly basis, constantly looking to evolve and change that. And we have found people who really understand that and are constantly bringing ideas to the table as well. So we'll stand there and say, hey, this doesn't really feel like it's working. Somebody else will chime in and say, oh, hey, well, did you see this thing over here? Maybe we can adopt that. Shit, people, like it is possible to find people who really align and understand what you're all about. And I think for the first time in a long time, I finally feel like we're really, really, really getting there. So I will keep you updated as to how that goes, but that's probably the biggest lesson. I don't know. How many lessons have I said that there are for 2018? (laughs) A lot, and they're probably all big. Um, So that's, I don't know, staffing is something I've heard a lot of business owners say is the biggest headache about owning a business. And I would agree. Um, But maybe, hopefully, 2019 and the mix of people that we have and how we're approaching staffing and how we're looking to simplify our business may actually work. So we'll see. We will see. And I will keep you posted. And looking at 2019, I will do a little bit of an Instagram post on this shortly, but I have decided that my word for 2019 is simplicity and we'll see how we go. I tend to take on all the things and think I can solve all the problems and want to try out new ideas and I'm already there and I'm already working seven days a week and a bit crazy. So I don't encourage that with anyone. However, simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. And maybe if I say it out loud and tell you guys about it, that you'll hold me to it. So... I hope that there is some value in me rambling on for what is eh, 35, 40 minutes, reflecting upon the year that was. And I am so excited for 2019 because I finally feel like this might be the year that we all get to come into our own and try things out for size. And if it doesn't stick, oh well. Next, lessons to be learned all over the place. So my mission for 2019, simplicity. And if you guys have any thoughts, comments, questions, would absolutely love to hear from you. You can DM me on Instagram at littlebirdbloom. That's me. Or you can visit the podcast website at thrivepodcast.co. Send me a message or a question directly from the website. And if you have any ideas for shows, suggestions for things you want to learn about, I would so, so, so love to hear from you guys. I do hope you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.